Welcome to the BetUS College Football Show. This time, we are rolling through the SEC. That's right. We've got SEC and national championship value. We might even make a couple of picks with it. Now, before we get started, it is brought to you by the experts here at BetUS, where the game begins. Let me give you a brief introduction to the left. Parker Fleming, our numerical guru, our analyst. You can find his stuff over at cfb-graphs.com. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, that would be at Stats Award. Now, on the right, we have our professional award-winning handicapper, Kyle Hunter. You can find him huntersportspicks.com or on Twitter at Kyle Hunter Picks. And I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. We have got a lot to discuss. Before we do, go ahead and remind you all, make sure you are subscribed to the channel. We will be going live every week. There's a little subscribe button down there. Hit that. Hit the like button. That helps us out as well. And make sure you hit that notification bell. That's going to let you know when we go live every single week. Now, we have some more information to discuss. BetUS is offering you guys a deposit bonus. Use the promo code NCAAF2021. That's 2021. You can find it in the description below. That's 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500 exclusive for sports betting. So do yourself a favor. You want to bet on games this week, this year, this the, the whole season? Go ahead and knock that thing out. Let's dive into the SEC. And I am excited. This is my wheelhouse. This is what I do. We're going to start off with the Georgia Bulldogs. Kirby Smart feeling the pressure to maybe bring a championship back to Athens this year. The, the talent on the roster, along with his coaching staff, is set up to put them in a position to do that. There have been reports of injuries. There have been all kinds of things. The wide receiver core, I do believe, even without Pickens, even without some of the guys that have been listed as out, it's still really talented. Like the, the roster, they are one of the top three most talented rosters in the country. Uh, offense, year two of JT Daniels, year two of Todd Munkin. Uh, defense as loaded as ever. There's no Alabama, A&M, or LSU on the regular season schedule. The line here for the total is 10 and a half. And it's juiced to the over, minus 135, and there's a reason for that. They are also plus 180 to win the SEC this year. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I love this over here. I think Georgia is in a prime position. They've got revenge on their mind against Florida. The schedule sets up well, even with week one against Clemson. And they're not asking you to beat Clemson with this total. I, I like Georgia going over here. Uh, Kyle, let's go ahead and start off with you on this one. Give me your thoughts on the Bulldogs. So it's hard to argue against Georgia. Georgia is such a deep team. One of the things that, you know, when I do power ratings for these teams, you look at depth a lot. Georgia's a really deep team, especially look at their defensive line. I love them in the trenches. Their offensive line's good. Their defensive line, there's guys on their three deep. You know, the third stringers are better than most teams' first stringers. And that's really powerful because if you lose a couple guys, you're still in good shape, a team like Georgia. So, you know, there's some rumors of injuries, certainly. Like you said, I think this is a really good team, even with those injuries. Their wide receivers are better than some people think, despite their injuries there. Uh, you know, also, it's important to say that Stetson Bennett was a nice story last year, but I think it's important that they also have seen that he's not their best quarterback. You know, I think he's probably listed like fourth on the depth charts at this point. You know, he just doesn't have the same upside as these other guys have. So I think it's uh, really important for Georgia that they not limit themselves uh, with Bennett. To me, the secondary is the weakness for Georgia. You know, uh, the opponent QBR was 56th. Um, having said that, PFF graded them out as the 15th best. So they played a tough schedule, certainly. Um, some of those numbers can be a bit deceiving if you just look at the raw number. So uh, Georgia, to me, you know, they play Clemson, obviously, right off the bat. We know that line is a pretty close line. Georgia certainly has a chance to win a game like that. You look at the rest of their schedule, and you're trying to find a loss. And uh, it's kind of hard to find a loss there. So, um, you know, I don't like taking over 10 and a half too much. Like I've said, you don't really love the low unders or the really high overs. But, you know, it's hard to argue against this one. So I'm not going to bet it myself, but I lean toward the over. Now, Parker, you're the numbers guy. What can you take away from last year's offensive numbers? I mean, we only got four games of JT Daniels. He didn't look great against Cincinnati, but nobody really has. He did look good against weaker defenses. 
Uh, what, what have you got on the Bulldogs? Yeah, so I have the Bulldogs basically down the stretch. Um, those last four games being uh, really, really high high EPA per play. So Mississippi State, 0.259 in that game. South Carolina, 0.509 EPA per play on offense. Missouri, 0.307. Cincinnati, a little lower. I, I think I'm comfortable saying that Cincinnati's defense was better than Mississippi State, Missouri, um, or South Carolina last year. So um, that might be a little more emblematic. You know, bowl games are always finicky and whatever you want to kind of say there. But I, I think Daniels is a... a is obviously a big step up. I'm a big fan of kind of off-season work and a guy, you know, being healthy for an entire off-season. So I like that. Um, I will say this is effectively, uh, this this bet comes down to can Georgia beat one of Clemson and Florida, right? Like I like the rest of their schedule. I think it's really good. Um, and I think that they, it really lines up well. You know, you miss Alabama, you're, you're, or, uh, excuse me. Yeah, that, no, 2021. I had the wrong schedule. I'm sorry. You miss <laughs> Alabama. Um, your, your away games, you know, Auburn doesn't scare me too much. Tennessee doesn't scare me too much. At Georgia Tech, you're driving down the road. So uh, at, at Vanderbilt, for instance. So I think they're set up really, really well, even if they, you know, whatever these injury rumors we're hearing are going to affect um, their game against Clemson per se. I, I think 10 wins is pretty conceivably there. Um, I think they have a bye before Florida. Also, Florida has a bye before Georgia. Um, and so that'll be interesting to see, you know, Kirby with a week to prepare for Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen with a week to prepare for Kirby. But if you ask me, you know, all else equal in a vacuum, hey, Parker, do I think that Georgia's going to win one of Clemson or Florida this year? I'm going to say yes. So that would be the reason I would bet the over. I agree with Kyle. There's some injury rumors. This makes me a little nervous. I think I'm going to wait for the Clemson game and then see what I can get on, on Georgia for like one of the conference or something and see how healthy they are a little closer to time. But I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about actually playing this right now. The re rationale behind the over. If, if we can get Georgia beat in that first game, those odds to win the conference, those odds to win the national championship, I think will skyrocket. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I, I do like that idea. That's a good philosophy um, because I do believe that this team is built to be able to win a championship this season. I, I love them to win the SEC at plus 180. I think that they are deeper than deeper than Alabama. How about this? More experienced than Alabama. Uh, who knows what that will look like once we get to December for the SEC championship game. But I, I do like this team a lot. I think there is value here, especially going over the 10.5. I know it's juice at minus 135. I get that, but I, I do like this team. We will move on to another team. The Auburn Tigers. Brian Harson moves over from Boise State. He replaces Gus Malzahn, brings in offense coordinator Mike Bobo, who was at South Carolina last year, along with defense coordinator Derek Mason, former head coach at Vanderbilt. The odds here, the total sits at seven, and it is juiced to the over, minus 120, which I, I find interesting. They lose a lot at the wide receiver position. All five offensive linemen do return, along with star running back Tank Bigsby, so I would imagine they will be run heavy this year. Defensive line lost a lot. The transfers they brought in, I don't know if they look quite as good as the guys that just left. There's talent, but is it as much as the teams that are actually on their schedule? How much is a scheme shift going to affect this team? We'll have to figure that out. Kyle, let's start with you. Uh, give me your thoughts on the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, my, my thoughts here on Auburn are big schematic changes, like you said. Uh, it's a pretty big difference from Gus Malzahn to Brian Harson. Uh, I think Harson wants to run the football a lot. I have them pegged as a team I want to bet unders on uh, just for game totals. I think they'll play slowly. I think they'll run the football a lot. I don't think they want Knicks to try to do too much. I feel like we know who Knicks is at this point, right? He was hyped pretty highly at the beginning. Uh, not a terrible quarterback, but not really somebody that you want to try to just have to go win the game. I mean, he was um, a five-star. Like, coming out of high school, he yeah, was a five-star yeah. recruit, and he, has, he just has not been developed. And I think that Gus Malzahn – has kind of shown that he he has not been great at developing quarterbacks. But is that a Knicks thing or is that a, a coaching staff thing? So uh, continue on, Kyle. Yeah. I, I apologize. I guess we'll see, but I, I don't I don't trust Knicks to make a big jump here this year. I think he could be a bit better, uh, but I, I don't think he'll be great. The other thing is, uh, who has worse wide receivers than Auburn in the SEC? I don't think you can name anybody, to be honest. I mean, you usually you think of Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt, that's one thing they actually have pretty good as wide receivers. Um, Auburn, to me, very one-dimensional. You know, the, today's college football, if you can only run the football, it's not usually very good for you. I think Tank Bixby is great, a star at running back. Uh, he can only do so much if he doesn't have that much help around him. 
I also think that it's fair to say we don't know how good of a coach Brian Harson is. He walked into a good situation there at Boise State. It's a lot different in the SEC. It's This is not me saying I think Brian Harson sucks or he's a really bad coach. It's just the jury's still out on him a little bit. And he gets put into a difficult situation here. Uh, this is not the nasty Auburn defensive line that we've seen in the past either. Uh, 4.2 yards per carry allowed last year. Uh, Parker like this, EPA per run, 79th in the country last year. This defensive line is inexperienced as well. A question mark for me. Look, we know the secondary is really good. This is a probably top five, top 10 secondary in the country. But you have two really good strengths for them, the secondary and their running game. This is a, a tough schedule at Penn State, at LSU, at Texas A&M, Bama at home to finish it off, Georgia at home. I don't think this team's winning more than seven games. And I, I think seven is the ceiling here. And I think six or five is far more likely than eight or nine. So I'm going to take the under. And this, like you said, this is a team that will be run heavy. You've also got Ole Miss on this schedule. You get behind Ole Miss, you may not be able to catch up if all you can do is run the ball. So I, I'm curious, Parker, you know, we talked about Bo Nix. How long does it possibly take for them to teach out some of those bad tendencies? And, and on top of that, there's talk that he may not even start. Now, I would find that surprising, but TJ Finley did transfer in from LSU. Uh, give me give me your thoughts on Harson and, and what he brings to Auburn this year. Yeah, man, I, I think it's um, interesting. Your point about not being able to catch up. Uh, you know, I'm looking at South Carolina last year that Mike Bobo was the OC for 58.9% early down rush rate. And they were bad. They were losing. They were behind a lot. And they still were rushing so often on early downs. Here's why I don't care who's a quarterback for Auburn. Uh, Mike Bobo earlier this offseason said, sometimes you got to let them know you're at the ballpark. And the best way you can do that is get under center and run power. Um, I will contrast that with the teams that have been competing at a national level the last couple of years and say that is um, that is not great. That is not going to be conducive to um, – you know, any kind of passing offense that's going to that's going to inspire confidence. Um, uh, I really, really think that Bo Nix has uh, it's going to be kind of the worst, worst combination of a bad situation for Bo Nix. And then they're going to run more because they have a bad situation. And that's only going to make a bad situation, situation worse. So you're going to get this downward spiral with Nix. I'm very worried about last year, just 0.138 EPA per play, um, only a 29.9 first down success rates. Um, and, and really wasn't, um, you know, great at, at, at scrambling, avoiding pressure, took negative 19.8, almost three touchdowns worth of negative value on sacks last year. So Knicks has got a lot of work to do. I think they're going to rely heavily on Tank, Bibs, Bank, Tank Bigsby, excuse me. And, you know, against Akron and Alabama State and Georgia State, um, that, that's going to get you really, really far, right? When you're obviously better than someone, you can run a lot. But, man, I think that, you know, a team like Arkansas or Mississippi State, if you're running the ball and you get stopped and they score, you're going to find yourself in a hole. And then again, you have a knife in a gunfight. So I, I think the under on Auburn is 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 good there. Even if I do think Brian uh, Harson is is capable of long term kind of building, uh, just you know drama of the off season, not a great quarterback coming back, not really good outside weapons. There's not a lot to inspire confidence about Auburn in 2021. I tend to agree. We'll move on. You brought up a team there, Arkansas. Let's move on to the Razorbacks. Sam Pittman, year one. He exceeded expectations. Uh, talking about the odds here, the win total sits at four and a half. Uh, juice to the over, minus 125. And and I do, you know, four and a half sounds a lot more reasonable than what it has been. It, it opened at six and has been bet down that far. But now we are looking at, you know, a, a juiced over at minus 125. K.J. Jefferson takes over for Felipe Franks in that Kendall Bryles offense. He looked good against Missouri last year in basically his only real action, had four touchdowns, but still a less than 55% completion rate in that game. They do have explosive playmakers. Traylon Burks, running back Traylon Smith, uh, they will be explosive. The defense under Barry Odom, the most improved unit in all of the P5 last year. This non-conference ain't easy, guys. Last year, surprise year. Like, I am a firm believer in losing small, winning small, then winning big, and they're still in lose-small mode. This team has to learn how to win. I, uh, I Parker, let's go ahead and, and jump in with you. Do we trust K.J. Jefferson to be more accurate this year? Do we think that last year was just built to, uh, to win almost immediately, to surprise some teams with scheme shifts and whatnot? Or, you know, is this team on the rise? Yeah, I mean, I think last year you definitely have to think about the fact that they got Felipe Franks, who if he had not injured his ankle, we might be talking about what Kyle Trask is going to be this year. 
um, at Florida and transferred out. And so a, a talented quarterback could sling the ball, had, I think, the best uh, downfield, so 20-plus air yards completion rate of anyone in FBS last year. And, you know, they're, they're running the um, – they're running that that offense that's been around in the Big 12 and and you know been at Florida Atlantic and and moving around. So they have um you know an offense that likes to sling the ball. They're really fun to watch. They're doing a lot of just very odd motions and they'll run like speed option except it's an orbit motion and just all sorts of misdirection and really fun stuff. So the only downside there for for KJ Jefferson coming in and getting integrated is that it's complicated. It's complex, and they're going to ask you to throw the ball downfield a lot. So they have one of the best wide receivers in the nation. I'm not worried about losing uh, Mike Woods, but I think Traylon Burks uh, is is a really, really good wide receiver. And so they have that option. Um, I think Pittman knows what he's doing on the offensive line. And, and again, just in terms of having a, a coaching room full of coaches, Barry Odom should be a head coach, you know, could be a head coach in a lot of positions, turned down interviews, likes likes what he's doing right now. So again, the offense was was only 44th last year in EPA and their defense was 83rd. You think about some of their games that were a little hectic, Ole Miss through six interceptions, that certainly won the Arkansas defense. Um, that was more Matt Corral well, kind of uh, things out. Well, and was, it, was it not the Arkansas defense? Because I think at that point, Barry Odom just said, you know what, we are going to drop eight. And if yeah. you want to try and throw on us, then that's fine. And And they invited them into it over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. So they, they definitely get some credit for that. Um, but I don't give them credit for, you know, six interceptions in a game. Like that was sure. that was kind of, uh, you know. Um, and then and then I will say they, they beat Auburn last year and got absolutely jobbed out of a call. So I, I think there's a lot of positive momentum here. I do think they'll take a step back on offense, but I do think they'll take a step forward on defense. Um, I would be remiss if I did not say out loud that they have a linebacker named Bumper Pool. Um, and, you know. He is involved and maybe not one of their best players, but they have an excellent name there on defense. Uh, five wins seems like a, a ceiling, like a solid five and seven this year. It's a little too close for me to play either way because it basically comes down to, you know, I'm looking right now and they have, including Texas in the non-con, six preseason, five, five preseason ranked opponents. Um, and then they, you know, they have a really a murderous row of Texas A&M, Georgia, and Ole Miss back to back. And I, I might project them to repeat their performance against Ole Miss last year and maybe win if they didn't have to play A&M and at Georgia right before then. So I think that, that you know the plausible wins that would get them to six, get them to a bowl, are, aren't really there on the schedule for me. So I'm I'm not playing this one either way just because I I'm optimistic about them uh, and taking a step forward in Pittman's second year. But the quarterback regression is going to be strong, and the schedule just doesn't really do them any favors. At one other game to toss out there, the game that's sandwiched in between Texas and Texas A&M is Georgia Southern. Now, I don't expect a whole lot from the Eagles this year, but that triple option is always tricky. And if you put way too much into uh, Texas, you could get caught by Georgia Southern for sure. Um, and, and can I tell you that Georgia Southern's defense last year, 27th in the nation, .005 EPA per play, they absolutely stifled Coastal Carolina, one of the most dynamic offenses. So that's going to be a tricky, that's going to be annoying. I can say yes. that's, that's going to be an annoying game too. And so that's a really tough start looking at Texas through uh, basically Ole Miss right there. That could be a real rough stretch for the Hawks. Yes. At, at four and a half, I'm not a fan of of betting this one necessarily. I loved it when it was at five and a half, but it has come down precipitously. Uh, Kyle, do you have any thoughts on the Hawks? Yeah, this one's come down quite a bit here just in the last few days, right? Um, yeah. I would have liked under five and a half, four and a half I have to pass. Week eight's a tricky game, too, guys, against UAB. You know, Bill Clark can obviously coach really well. They've got some really tricky games I think on that's schedule. UA, I think that's UAPB. That might be mislabeled. Yeah, I see that mislabeled here on FB <laughs> schedules. That's that's Pine Bluff, not UAB, because I would agree. Okay, that okay. would be murder. I would absolutely smash the under if that was, if that was UAB. I was going to say, I have a bad Pine source Bluff. here then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for pointing that out. Anyways, oh, good. not as tricky a game as if it had been UAB, let's say that. Um, I did want to say that that game last year where they picked off Matt Corral six times, that game was played in like a really heavy rainstorm and wind. It was kind of a tropical storm type weather. Um, I'm going to give uh, Arkansas a little less credit for that than than what it looks like on paper, at least, because I think Matt Corral is a really quality quarterback. Their PFF grade in that one was off the charts for the secondary. I do want to say that what happened to the Arkansas secondary last year, because for the first half of the season, this was a really good secondary. I think Catalan's really good in the secondary. I still think they should be good. But at the end of the season, five of their last six games were very poor in coverage grades. So I don't know if somebody figured them out, if they were using schemes that people just were able to figure out or what. 
I guess my question is, is this Arkansas defense going to be good for a full season or not? Or did they just kind of trick people out of the gate last year? Because now we know what they are, I think. I think they're going to run a similar defense. Also, minus 20 sack margin last year uh, for Arkansas. That's that's a problem. You know, no pressure on the opposing quarterbacks. And Felipe Franks was a really good quarterback for them last year. I think he was excellent. It's going to be hard to match that production. So, um if I had to take something here, I will also say 116th out of 128 teams in special teams last year. Big problem there as well. Uh, like Parker said, they were definitely jobbed out of that Auburn game last year. I uh, lean to the under, but if it was five and a half, I would have said I like the under. Here, I'll pass. That's, I, I tend to agree. Yeah, this road schedule, they've only got four road games at Georgia, at Ole Miss, at LSU, at Alabama. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Missouri, Mississippi State. Auburn, Texas, that are all losable games. You got AM at a neutral site. It's it's very tough to find wins here. Last year was impressive, but I'ma hold my breath on this one. We're not gonna roll that way just yet. Let's talk about we a really talk this much about Arkansas, but I do feel compelled just because I watched a bunch of Arkansas because they were a lot of fun and they were TCU's potential bowl opponent. But at LSU, they did lose Catalan and they lost Grant Morgan from Missouri. So their last two games, they were playing backups in the secondary, and those were two of their worst defensive yeah. games there. And, and LSU, feasibly, they, they had a shot to win that game. So I do think that the defense, again, 2020 is such a weird year, and I can go through and explain context for every team in the same way. But I do think Arkansas's defense is a little bit better than meets the eye, even if we say, you're right, that old Miss game shouldn't count that much. So I'm not going to bet on them, but I do think they're very interesting this year in the SEC just because what's going to happen um, in, in year two of the Pittman era. Always a question mark. Always a question mark. Here's a team that uh, has a question mark on one side of the ball, but maybe not on the other. The Ole Miss Rebels. Lane Kiffin, year two, impressed with quarterback Matt Corral last year. Defense struggled in year one under DC uh, DJ Durkin. Not a lot of talent to make me think there's going to be a shift there. The odds here, win total sits at seven and a half. It's juiced to the over, minus 130. A lot of love for the Rebels this year. Now, they lost weapons in Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa. I trust that Lane Kiffin will find guys to be able to replace that production. People do not discuss just how efficient their running game was with Ely and Connor. And this defense, this will be the first time in four seasons that they have had back-to-back seasons with the same scheme on defense. I think that's kind of a big deal. I don't know if the talent's there to really show a ton of improvement. But, Parker, let's uh, let's start off with you on the Rebels. What do you like about Lane Kiffin? I mean, the offensive upside is, is absolutely there. You know, last year, Matt Corral, .365 EPA per play, 57% success rate, 73.3 completion percent in non-garbage time, a 47.3% first down rate. Um, and, and so, again, a lot of sacks. Um, and so some offensive line issues, but really it was able to find the ball, was able to find the ball downfield. I think Matt Corral is a top-five quarterback in the big, uh, not in the Big 12, excuse me, in the com- uh, country this year. And so I, I think this offense, you know, 0.212 EPA per play, 13th overall, 7th overall in the pass, generating almost a half a point per val- per pass in, in value. And the kicker for me is there's not a huge drop-off in their early downs and third downs EPA. You know, we might write them off as maybe they were lucky, maybe they're just good at third downs. 11th on early downs overall on offense and 20th last year in third down conversion. So a very consistent team. The offensive weapons are obviously there. I am hearing that Jonathan Mingo is is absolutely ready to kind of come in and play that outside threat and get those deep balls that, for instance, Elijah Moore was going and getting. Um, I'm also hearing that for, former quarterback John Reese Plumley is a dude at wide receiver. Um, yeah, like the slot. Not just yeah. a hey, we like you and you're on scholarship, go play wide receiver. But like he might contribute in a meaningful way. And so that's really interesting to me. It does come down to what you think about the defense. But I do think that they are going to be able to score in such a way that they will be their their, their defense will just have to, you know, slow people down. You look at last year, they dropped 48 on Alabama, 42 on a very good Kentucky defense, 35 on a very good Florida defense. Um, Down the stretch, you know, 40, 42 against South Carolina, 48 against LSU. So these guys are capable of of dropping points at will. The defense, um, you know, they, they, they got some transfers along the defensive line to kind of shore up that unit. I think they'll be better coached on defense, having that full offseason, that continuity of scheme. I think 7.5 is an absolute um, 
absolute joke of a line for this. Like, I think they're absolutely over. This is one of my favorite bets this year. Uh, I think that they will beat somebody big in addition to winning the games they're going to win. And I have already cleared my Monday, September 6th schedule to watch Louisville and Ole Miss because that is going to be pointy as all get out. Hey, Kyle loves totals. I'm sure he has already bet the over on that thing. Louisville and Ole Miss with all the playmakers, all the scheme changes, all that. I think that uh, I think we're going to see a bunch of points in that game. I I do wonder if this is the best Ole Miss team since Hugh Freeze was there. And look at that. They've got Hugh Freeze on the schedule. That is uh, November the 6th. They got Liberty coming into Oxford. And there are people down at Ole Miss that will be wearing Liberty gear for that game for whatever reason. <laughs> so, Kyle, uh, give me your thoughts on the Rebels this year. So I think it's hard to uh, disagree with Matt Corral being a top five quarterback in the country. I think you could argue he's a top three quarterback in the country, at least in this system. Uh, his PFF grade last year was 90.5, and that's with that clunker against Arkansas. So this guy's tremendous in this offense, and I think he'll be even better this year. Uh, I know they lose their top wide receiver, but they have plenty of options still. Uh, this team was third in the nation in tempo last year. They had 71 plays of 20 yards or more. Very explosive. Uh, excellent offense. I expect really big things out of this offense. I want to bet the over in Ole Miss games a lot more often than I'll, than I'll pass because you can't bet an under in an Ole Miss game. I mean, that's uh, that'd be painful. Um, taking the over or passing are the only two options, in my opinion. So I think they should start 3-0 and on the season. Um, you know, real chance that they uh, are pretty deep into this season, really. You look at it, Alabama week five at Alabama, you, you say maybe that's their only unwinnable game. I mean, you could argue that they have a chance at winning that game. But you look at the rest of the schedule, the way uh, they play Liberty at home, obviously they should win that game. Texas A&M at home, which is helpful, certainly. I'm not worried about the at Tennessee or at Auburn even. I really think that they win both of those games. And uh, that could be a bit controversial. But, you know, both Tennessee and Auburn are down this year for me. Um, I, I, To be honest with you, I'm kind of like Parker. I'm looking at this and I'm saying seven and a half definitely seems too low for Ole Miss. Uh, I like the over here quite a bit. If you're just a traditionalist and you're looking at the schedule, you see Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn, you know, A&M at Mississippi State, you start to think, eh, okay, Ole Miss has been down for several years. But those teams are, are a lot of them are just a shell of themselves, right? It's not the typical LSU. It's not the typical uh, Auburn team that we're used to. So, yes, I could absolutely see over seven and a half. I, I could feasibly see this team getting to 10 wins. I'm not going to jump that far in yet, but they are going to be a lot of fun to watch. We will move on to the Kentucky Wildcats over in the SEC East. And Mike Stoops has really built a steady program in Lexington here. Uh, go ahead and, and tell you the, the odds here. Win total sits at seven. And it is juiced to the over at minus 150. A lot of love for Kentucky. They bring in new offensive coordinator. Liam Cohen comes in from the L.A. Rams in the NFL. Quarterback Will Levis comes in from Penn State. Wondell Robinson came back home to Kentucky. He's a transfer from Nebraska. The offensive line and running back position will not be a problem. The defense, they did lose five players from that 2020 defense to the NFL. But I, I trust Stoops in that bunch because they have proven their ability to develop talent on that side of the ball. Parker, uh, you talked about a joke of a schedule. Hey, give me your thoughts on on the Wildcats here. Is this a joke of a schedule as well? Uh, I, I really I really think this lines up really nicely for the Wildcats. So one, it's important to say Will Levis was not good for Penn State last year, but Will Levis has gone this offseason to the Josh Allen Whisperer, the school for quarterbacks who can't <laughs> throw good. Um, and so I'm really optimistic about what they're going to ask him to do. I think actually this morning I saw that Joey Gatewood is transferring out. It is Levis's program. It is his offense now. Um, so if there was any uncertainty about whether Levis was going to be ready to kind of thrive, any way that they can raise their explosive passing ceiling, I think is going to be um, just absolutely huge. Kentucky is almost like a triple option team, right? Because they are going to pass four, five, six times a game uh, if they if, in, in their ideal scenario. So you couple that with, like you said, Gary, an offensive line that's great. Chris Rodriguez Jr., arguably the best running back in the uh, in the nation coming back this year. A lot of people really like to talk about, you know, Tank Bigsby. They like to talk about Brees Hall um, and all these other guys. But, you know, Chris Rodriguez is right up there in, in yards after co uh, contact, in EPA per play, just a really underrated running back who's, who's really, really um, – 
excellent and and people know about him and he's still excellent so it's not like he's an undiscovered secret that you know teams are going to key in on this year so i like that they get missouri and south carolina early um in their schedule i think they could plausibly go four and oh before either of those teams kind of figures out what they're doing i think connor basilak's a good quarterback but the earlier they get him the better so i think kentucky very easily has four and oh then they go Florida, LSU, Georgia. Oh, and three. I'm fine with that. You look at this final five at Mississippi State, Tennessee, at Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, Louisville. I need four of those. I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely yes. fine with 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 Kentucky doing that. So I think they'll be better than than you know than than uh, eight wins. But I, I really think that this seven line is is pretty low, or seven and a half, I think it is. Um, and so I'm 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 high on this bet as well, just because I think that they'll be they'll be you know, high high quality, low variance, and the schedule just breaks out really, really nicely. Drawing, you know, Mississippi State from the east, and then getting to host LSU. Uh, the they West. did, they did get a transfer in from Ole Miss. Ole Miss's leading tackler, Jacquez Jones, comes in, and that kind of helps shore up some of the defense a little bit as well. Uh, Kyle, give me your thoughts on Kentucky. You know, that that total sits at seven. You know, you need basically two out of uh, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and and Louisville. Uh, you think it's doable? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm supposed to disagree at some point here on one of these, but uh, I don't want to take Kentucky over when I just, you know, I do think that they're such a good running team, but they don't really have many other great strengths. Um, I will say, you look at the schedule and you go, man, how, I mean, how are they not going to win seven games? What a, I mean, a joke of a schedule is probably an understatement. You know, UL Monroe, New Mexico State, Chattanooga. I mean, what on earth is this uh, SEC schedule? Um Terry Wilson was really bad at quarterback here. So I, I don't think the the bar is set very high for Levis. I feel like Levis um, is an upgrade. Like I feel like we already know he's going to be an upgrade in the passing game. PFS has, PFF has them at nine explosive plays last year. Um, I think they'll be better than that. Rodriguez is a good running back for sure. Smoke's good as well. They have some really good running backs here. Uh, I think they have some youngsters that were really good recruits in too. So I think Kentucky is set up to be a good running team for the uh, foreseeable future. Like I said, I think that the rest of their team outside the running game is not really that great. So I don't know if they will be a great ATS team. I don't know if we want to bet them week to week, but um, you know, you look at the schedule and it's hard to argue under here. So um, I'm not going to bet over seven, but I'm definitely not betting the under. If, if there is somebody that wants to bet the under, if we just want to have disagreement for disagreement's sake, uh, the overall talent level on this team, along with the fact that they lost five guys to the NFL off of the defense, you could look at that. Defense is what they have built their brand on. If the defense does not show up in those first four games, like we talked about, say they get caught by Missouri, you could 100% get an under here. And if Will Levis does not jump in immediately and and show his improvement over what Terry Wilson was, then, yeah, we, we could absolutely have problems here. I think a lot of this is not necessarily hope, but uh, hype, right? We believe, we project that this team will be improved on the offensive side of the ball, and that'll make up for some of the deficiencies with the defense early. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take that. We will move on to the last team we're going to cover in the SEC. We are going down to College Station. Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, and Mike Oko have built that program up significantly in just a few years the win total sits at nine and a half. It is just the same on both sides, minus 115. And to win the conference, plus 900 here. Uh, let me go ahead and take a chance. Remind you guys, subscribe to the channel, if you would so kindly. And uh, and make sure that you like the video and hit that notification bell for us. All right, continuing on, it, it comes down to quarterback this year. Uh, Haynes King, Zach Calzada, whoever it is at quarterback, needs to be impressive this season and and Jimbo really kind of needs to change the way that he's doing things because they don't play an explosive brand of football at defensive line is always going to be nasty I always trust the Mike Oko defense that's the way it goes Parker let me bring you in here at this you know nine and a half you got to get to 10 wins to, to hit the over here you think that's doable I, I do. Again, I like something like this because, I, I again, it, it's hard to lose a quarterback and, and kind of repeat 
you know, that ceiling. But the schedule does break really nicely. So last year, you know, AM was 18th overall on offense, 49th on defense and in, in EPA per play in the nation. Um, and and I, I think there are some contextual things that are really, really nice about what they want to do with Isaiah Spiller at running back, who's who's another excellent um excellent running back. Last year, Isaiah Spiller averaged 0.103 EPA per rush, 50% success rate. And what I think is really interesting. Uh, only 10% of his runs were coming on third down. So a lot of time you'll see a running back with high um, success rate and it'll really just be, oh, most of his runs are on like third and two, but they really used Spiller in a lot of variety of situations and he was able to kind of thrive in that. So I think they'll lean on him well. I think they have some exciting outside uh, offensive talent. And this really comes down to, do you think that they are going to lose both of Ole Miss and LSU? Um, and I don't think they are. I think they're going to go 5-0, and and they are going to host number one Alabama. That might be a top 10 matchup there that second Saturday in October. Um, but then they pull Missouri and South Carolina from the east. That is an extremely favorable draw. And the big argument for not losing both of at Ole Miss and at LSU is they play, they have a bye week and then Auburn and then Ole Miss. And then they have Prairie View, which is effectively a bye week, and then they go to LSU. So, uh, if, you know, for as much as Auburn and LSU might have had things, uh, excuse me, Ole Miss and LSU might be kind of humming at the end of the season, I really think that's about best case scenario for this. I don't think they'll lose both of those games. I think they're a 10-win team. I think they'll be uh, New Year Six again, uh, you know, kind of not the offensive upside, but the schedule is a lot easier this year. I can agree with that. To start off with, at Kent State at Colorado and New Mexico in the non-con, uh, and then of course Prairie View A and M towards the end of the season. That should be four and zero. Kyle, I mean, you love totals here. Kent State against Texas A and M in that first game. The defense for Kent State is going to allow a lot, and we we have had our own discussions. Dustin Crum is the first adopted uh, quarterback of this show, but that's that's going to be an interesting interesting game. Because I, I love Mike Elko's defense, but Sean Lewis's offense against that could be a whole lot of fun. Give me your thoughts on the Aggies here. Yeah, I like Texas A&M quite a bit. I think this defense is really good. I think they're a nasty defense. Uh, I think they're going to shut down a lot of teams this year. Uh, Spiller's a fantastic running back. This running game is going to be very good. You know, uh, this might be a bit controversial, but I think if anything, Kellen Mond might have been slightly overrated in his time at Texas A&M. He had a good year last year. He definitely played his best last year. Um, I'm not saying that it's not a drop down, but I think that Texas A&M is capable of winning games without a great quarterback. I think they, they need a game manager here because the rest of their team is good enough. Uh, they recruited very well on the defensive line. They lost one defensive tackle, I know, but 3.3 yards per carry allowed last year. Uh, like Parker said, I think this team goes 8-1 and one into those last three games. Uh, you got the FCS opponent and then you got Ole Miss on the road and at LSU. Basically, you need them to win one of those two games. I think they will win one of those two games. Ole Miss's offense is great. Texas A&M is the type of team, though, that could give them trouble because that that defense is tough to scheme against. So I, I think, um, and at LSU, LSU, a bit of an unknown. You know, I think they have a, a ton of talent. Um, I don't know that we know that they're a great team. We'll, we'll find out. So I think Texas A&M has a high upside. And you have a defensive coordinator as good as they do with the kind of talent they have. I like Texas A&M's upside a lot. I can agree with that. Their wide receiver core, I think, will be much improved this season. I do wonder if Jimbo is going to keep playing that slow and steady pace that they always do, or if he's going to let it rip a little bit. You know, let it rip, tater chip. I'm I'm in with that. So uh, we will do a recap at the end of that, but we are going to move into some national championship contenders, and we will start off here. Uh, let's see our national championship predictions. I don't know that we're, we're making necessarily picks, but we do see value with some of these teams. And I think we'll start off with Clemson. Um, Clemson is plus 350 on this. Now that's, that's the first one that we will discuss Dabo Sweeney and they bring in quarterback DJ Uyangalele. He was the backup for Trevor Lawrence last year. The defense returns a ton of guys. I always trust that defense. You know, Parker, let's start off with you. Clemson as a national championship pick, that schedule is a bit of a joke once you get past Georgia. I, I have to almost pencil them into the the playoff at this point. At, at most, you're going to play Miami or North Carolina in the ACC championship game. I This team is always well-coached. He's They're always well-coached. So if that is the case, so long as Tony Elliott doesn't sit out the playoff, 
You think plus three fifty is is good value for Clemson? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know an expected value. It's like well, they're you know the lo- lowest odds. I, I bet a lot, so you know it's not like my return is going to be the best compared to some of the others that we're going to talk about. But in terms of just general probability to do this, I mean, uh, I think uh, man, I'm going to botch his name, and that's going to be a meme this year. And I wish it wasn't. But DJ Uyunglele. Uh, I'll work on that. You know, he, he did fine. Quarterback rating of 89.2, 29 for 44, 439 yards in that Notre Dame loss. Um, and so it's not like they're, you know, fresh meat walking onto campus, going to gonna be out there playing Georgia on week one. Like this is an established, highly, um, highly respected quarterback. And so, again, I expect the defense to be really good. I know that they have um, – a couple guys cleared from from COVID and from injury to be back this year. So uh, again, just in terms of having the easiest schedule, um, being a you know you think about the probability of winning a national championship is the probability of winning your conference, the probability of making the playoff, the probability of winning the first game, the probability of winning the second game. Clemson on that first two probability of making your conference championship and winning your playoff or winning your your uh, conference championship game inarguably the highest in the nation, right? Absolutely yes. going to pass that threshold with more higher probability than anyone else. And so um, I do think that it is a smart bet. I do say that I, I can't put my finger on it. You know, I like Justin Ross and I like the defense and everything. Something about Clemson doesn't excite me this year. And that is entirely um, abstract, but I, I'm not putting money on Clemson at 350. Um, just, I just, I'm not feeling it in my heart. I can understand that. I will say this. If they lose DJ, a quarterback, that quarterback room is very bare. But part of the fun part about the schedule is you're going to have time to build depth. They always do. They play 100-plus kids in all their home games because they just route teams. So that's that's where I see this. I don't see a lot of opposition to them in the ACC. Uh, Kyle, have you got a thought on the Clemson Tigers? Yeah, I'm not going to bet this one myself either, plus 350. I'd want a little bit bigger number. However, I don't think it's a bad bet when you're going to have a team that's almost surely going to be in the playoffs. You know, um, like like Barker said, there's no other team that you can say that is you know going to win their conference, going to win the championship, and should be in the playoff for. Um, you know, you look at the schedule, it's just so weak after Georgia. Um, so even if they lose that Georgia game, I wouldn't be too concerned that they won't make the playoffs. You know, to me, Clemson is a team where uh, they really get pressure on the opposing quarterback well. And they're very good when it comes to uh, protecting their quarterback as well. Plus 26 sack margin last year. Uh, it's something I like to look at quite a bit because uh, that usually leads to quite a bit of success. You know, we don't see teams with a negative sack margin doing really well in the long run. Uh, this is a team that has a really high upside. Sweeney's obviously a very good coach. You know, as a Buckeyes fan, I did enjoy that we were able to beat Clemson there in that uh, game last year before we got stomped by Alabama, obviously. But, um, you know, this is a Clemson team that that I think you could argue has at least as much upside as last year, maybe even higher. Um, so I think overall as a team, they might be a bit better, even though they don't have Trevor Lawrence. So uh, I can't argue with this one, but I'm not going to bet it myself. Totally makes sense. We'll move on. We'll talk about Georgia. You just brought them up. Uh Plus 500, you know, for Kirby Smart's bunch. We did talk about the idea that they could lose to Clemson, and then those odds would go uh, even further up. We, we could push plus 800 at that point if they lose that first game, something like that. And and I'm okay with that because I think even if they lose that first game to Clemson, you have plenty of time on the back end, especially with that schedule, to be able to get some tough wins in there. And then you go up against Alabama or whoever, Texas A&M, one or the other, in the SEC championship game, you move on to the playoffs from there. I think there's a little bit of value. I don't know that I would necessarily bet Georgia here. Kyle, we'll start off with you on this one. The Bulldogs, you, you think value at plus 500, or or do you wait until that first game gets done? If they if they win that one, you might be looking at like plus 150, plus 300, somewhere around there. Uh, give, me, give me your thoughts, Kyle. Yeah, I won't take plus 500. I'm going to take my chances that they would lose that first game and then be able to grab the plus 850, plus 900, something like that. I think that'd be a good play. Uh, So maybe we can circle back to that after week one and see what the future's odds are. I think that would be interesting to see. Obviously, if they win the game, then, you know, I missed out on a a pretty good number and it is what it is. But I I feel like uh, there's enough question marks for them and Clemson's solid enough that I'd rather wait and see. 
And, uh, you know, obviously Georgia's path there is so much harder than Clemson's. Even after that first game, you know, you'd have to play Alabama probably in the SEC championship game where Clemson, you know, just no opponent even close to as good as them. So I want to wait and try to get a bigger number on Georgia here personally. Yeah, we could also do the same thing with Clemson, by the way. If Clemson were to lose that first game, uh, I'm sure that their odds would would drop and we, we'd be able to get a little more value there. Uh you know, Parker, give me your thoughts on Georgia here. Are we, you know, is is there value? Is this a national championship team? I, I think that their path is really interesting. Um, and the biggest the biggest issue for me is not Alabama. Like, you know, something that's really interesting to me is that outside of one or two games, Georgia has really not played good opponents close. Um, and so I'm interested to see what happens with that Clemson game to see if this is a different Kirby Smart. You know, LSU in the past, they lost pretty big. Um, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll win a, a South Carolina game by three on an overtime or something, and then they'll lose by 20 to, to Alabama. So that that's a, a trend that I think is worth keeping track of. One reason for optimism that I didn't work in, we kind of talked about them a little earlier, is last year they played Kentucky and Florida back to back. And they played Kentucky Eight drives each, 14 to three, absolute slog, just just an entire, uh, you know, a brawl in the street to win that game. And then they go play Florida and they absolutely collapse in the second half, 44 to 28, just game really gets away from them. This year they play Kentucky and Florida back to back, but they have a bye week in there. And then after Florida, it is smooth sailing, Missouri, Tennessee, Charleston, Southern Georgia Tech. So I think they get, you know, their, their biggest obstacle past Clemson in the season is that Florida game. And they get kind of they avoid that body blow that they had last year, and they get a really nice ramp up in the SEC championship. And you can bet that the weeks against Charleston Southern and what is sure to be a very bad Georgia Tech team, Georgia will really be focusing on. All right, what do we need to do to get that last stop against Alabama in the national championship, or how can we stop the run against uh, in the SEC championship? How can we stop the run against Texas A&M? So 500 again. I agree with Kyle. Like this is low. Don't bet this right now. Wait. But um, after that Georgia game, it's going to be good. Or after that Clemson game, I think I think this is a good bet. I can get with that. Oklahoma, I'll go ahead and let you guys know, plus 700 here, I have already taken this. I've already got a bet in on this. I like Oklahoma to win the national championship this year because I trust Alex Grinch. This deep into his tenure there, and, and Lincoln Riley has done it every single year. They continue on. They win the Big 12 every year. I think this team is absolutely loaded at all the right spots. They got depth. They got all kinds of things. I'm in on Oklahoma because I think they will be 12 and 0 going into that Big 12 title game, and and I think that they are set up differently than they have been in years past. So I don't think you're going to get it any lower than plus 700. Uh, Parker, bring it back to you. You're a Big 12 guy. Tell me tell me why I'm wrong about Oklahoma. Well, I think um, I don't I don't think you're wrong about Oklahoma. So what I'm trying to do this math on the fly. Set plus 700 is like what 12 and a half percent chance yeah. implied. Um, and so I think it's definitely better than that, given what they're going to face in the Big 12. You know, they host Iowa State, which is the really tricky game. They do go to Kansas State, but I really don't think that, you know, those the last two years are, are, are a trend. I think they get a really nice ramp up before they have to face Texas and TCU, who might be problematic. And then, you know, they get three duds in a bye week before Iowa State. So I think they have no problem getting back to Arlington even if we've seen in the past couple of years that they stumble in the regular season, they're going to be able, no, nobody's going to be able to beat this team twice this year. Spencer Rowler's taking that next step. So I think this is a smarter play than Clemson, for instance, um, just because I do think the defense is where they want it to be. I think that they have, you know, some of the most fearsome pass rushers in the Big 12, in the country, and, and uh, you know, un, un, unlimited offensive potential. So this game seems really, really nice, or, or this bet seems really, really nice. And if they pull somebody like, Man, if Ohio State fools around and wins their division with that secondary, uh, or if a Pac-12 team with a you know weak secondary comes in and, and Oklahoma gets a a nice draw in that like two three matchup, man, I'm I'm feeling really good about them making the national championship. Which, you know, with Lincoln Riley, one game anything can happen. So I think that I think this is a, a really nice bet um, and one that I I am uh, personally invested in. Kyle, you got thoughts on the Sooners? You you riding with me plus seven hundred? I'm absolutely riding with this one. I will, I will tell you, kind of as we prep for the show, when Gary put this one in there, plus 700, uh, Oklahoma is his take. I was like, man, Gary beat me to it because this was my favorite one, certainly. Um, so we all endorse this play. I think this is a really good play. Like Parker said, this is a 12.5% or so. 
I think the odds are clearly higher than that, that Oklahoma wins the national champion championship this year. And I honestly don't even think it's very close. So I think this is a great play from the beginning. You don't want to sit around and wait for better value on this one. Uh, this is very different than the other because, you know, we they start with Tulane, FCS opponent, Nebraska, West Virginia. Uh, we're not waiting around to hope that Oklahoma loses a game early on to try to get a better number here. So love Oklahoma. I think they have a very high upside this year. I think plus 700 is a gift. Let's talk about a couple of wild cards or three wild cards, I guess you could say. Texas A&M is the first one here, another SEC team, plus 2,800. You know, they got to get through Alabama, and we've already talked about the schedule. But then if you get through Alabama, you still got to play Georgia on that back end. Is there value with A&M to be able to win the national championship? Uh, Kyle, let's go back to you. You know, I, I like the Aggies, but is there value at plus 2,800? Yeah, you know, I like plus 2,800, and the reason I like this one is you got to remember that when you get uh, plus 2,800 or plus 4,000, as we have down below, they don't have to win the national title for this to be a good bet. You know, you can hedge out of this uh, if they just get into one of those last games. You just take the money line of the opponent because it's not going to be anything close to that. So basically, you're just wanting a team to get to the playoffs here. Uh, I think Texas A&M's defense is so good that their upside is very high. There's certainly a question about what's going to happen with their quarterback play. And I, I realize that this thing could go sideways and it looks like a, a bad take at plus 2,800. But when you take plus 2,800, it's a lot different than you're taking something, you know, four to one or five to one. So I'm just taking a long shot here that I feel like has a very high upside with a top three or four defensive coordinator in the country and a very good defense. So I do like that number at plus 2,800 on Texas A&M. Parker, you agree with Kyle here? That's uh, that's a pretty good number. I actually, I mean, at some point, because I, I was laughing because Kyle's out here talking about state secrets and taking money lines on against bets and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right. Um, but yeah, so so I, I you know, we're we're kind of talking abstractly here with with twenty eight hundred, right? These are these are yes. a little bit like shots in the dark. Whatever. Hey, am I going to do something fun? Um, my biggest concern with Texas A and M for actually betting this is that the non con is really not there. Kent State is probably going to win the MAC, but you know that and six bucks get you a big MAC. Uh, Colorado, New Mexico, and then Prairie View. So. You look at that, and then they have Missouri and South Carolina from the east. And I could see, you know, they're not going to get on a on an argument of schedule quality. They are not going to be afforded a loss to Alabama and get in the playoff. They're going to have to go undefeated, uh, or they're going to have to beat Alabama and get into the SEC championship for the West. So that that margin is a little thin for me, just because I don't expect much out of their non-con. And so I think that'll kind of hold them back again this year uh, in terms of actually taking this bet. I, I think Kyle's right. I, I mean, I mean. You know, five years ago, I would say I don't I don't like new quarterbacks, but we we're we're in 2021, man. Like, you know, quarterback play in high school was so much better, and these guys coming in and sit for a year and 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 can immediately contribute. So I think Texas A&M has the talent to compete for a national championship. When we talk about, hey, am I putting money on the selection committee arbitrarily rewarding them for this schedule? I'm a little more skeptical. Now, Jimbo Fisher has won a national championship in the past. And his roster, I would say, is significantly more talented than that of this next team. And yet they got the same odds. Iowa State, Matt Campbell, plus 2,800 as well. This is another team that is looking up, you know, in their own conference at another national title contender. You know, Oklahoma sits there at plus 700. Iowa State at plus 2,800. If Iowa State is as good as everybody believes they should be, I believe their win total sits at nine and a half. If all they really need to do is get past Oklahoma, is this I feel like they could they could lose that Oklahoma game and the odds would just, you know, drop immensely. And if they beat Oklahoma in that Big 12 title game in a, in a second matchup, you could get way more value here. Uh, Parker, let's go back over to you and, and tell me your thoughts on Iowa State. Again, this is Big 12 team that 2800. I feel like I can get better value later on in the season. Probably. Um, I will say the difference between them and Texas A&M is Texas A&M hasn't beaten their in-division national champion rival uh, since 2012. And uh, Matt Campbell has been all up in Lincoln Riley's business. Even the Big 12 championship, if Brock Purdy doesn't make just an absurd throw, we might be talking about a different uh, a different outcome in that game at the end there. So I don't know that I love this. I do think, you know, I'm not going to rehash what we talked about yesterday. But at these odds, again, that's a, like a 3.5% probability. Um I think it's very possible that, you know, if, if if things break right, I feel more comfortable about a one-loss Iowa State getting in a playoff than a one-loss Texas A&M. 
um, because Iowa State will have had to beat Oklahoma once. They're going to be a top 10 team. Iowa State will have had to beat Iowa. They're going to be a, you know, 25 well-respected yeah. team, right? Even if they don't have the upside. And so looking at their schedule, I think their strength of schedule is, is just so much better than A&M's that this, this makes this a more interesting bet for me and more plausible that they'll get selected and have a margin for error. I mean, again, they have to go to Norman. So if they keep that close and then beat uh, Oklahoma, that, that's Saturday, November 20th, right? If they beat, if they lose to Oklahoma and Norman, and then two weeks later go to Arlington and beat them by, you know, a touchdown, I think they're in, dude. And so that alone makes it more likely they're going to get in the playoff than Texas A&M. And so that makes me at the same odds, even though I would I would take Texas A&M on a neutral field against Iowa State 10 times out of 10, I do think that that makes them a really interesting bet here. Kyle, what are your thoughts? You, you think Iowa State's got a national championship kind of roster here? You know, um, kind of like I said yesterday, and if you haven't watched that video, definitely tune into yesterday's video. I think there were some solid thoughts on Iowa State there yesterday. But um, Brock Purdy, his lack of improvement concerns me about Iowa State. Uh, I love Matt Campbell. Uh, I think uh, he's been proven to be a really good coach. Um, you know, there are some landmines on their schedule here that uh, worry me a bit. You know, we've talked about how they haven't beaten Iowa. Uh, as Parker said yesterday, that doesn't necessarily make me think it's definitely going to happen again because, you know, just because they they had some really uh, rough luck in a couple of those games. I think Iowa State probably beats Iowa again, but it's at least a tricky game. At Kansas State's not necessarily an easy matchup either. Um, at West Virginia is never a fun uh, game to play. And even then at Oklahoma in the next week, they play TCU. Uh, bit of a tricky game there at the end of the schedule. So um, I don't love this one. I don't hate it either. I'm kind of indifferent on this one. I think that Iowa State, you know, 28 to 1, not a bad price. Like I said, you know, you don't have to to actually win the the, the whole thing to have a good value there. I'm not going to bet it myself, but I don't hate it. And we will close out this with North Carolina. Mac Brown goes back over to Chapel Hill, and things have looked good. Now, we, we haven't talked a lot about North Carolina yet, but plus 4,000 for a team with, you know, a stud quarterback in Sam Howell, but who lost almost all of their skill positions last year. Uh, their top two running backs, uh, their top two wide receivers, and the defense, while everybody has talked highly of it in the offseason, I don't know if I trust it until I see it. I do feel like I at least want to get through that Virginia Tech game to open up the season. You know, on the road in Blacksburg, that, that's a scary situation anyway. Kyle, let's go back to you. Do we have faith that that we can get North Carolina at plus 4,000 to, to knock off Clemson and then win two games in the playoff? Yeah, I don't, I don't trust North Carolina's defense enough. Uh, I tweeted about this last night. UNC rated better only than Bowling Green, Akron, UNLV, and Navy in rushing defense grade at PFF last year. That is not company that you want anything to do with. Uh, you mentioned Bowling Green and Akron. You don't want to be any part of that in college football, <laughs> obviously. I, I do think uh, Sam Howe, uh, the offense still has a huge upside. I just worry that the Tar Heels allow so many really big plays. The Heels are um, 33 plays of 30 yards or more last year. Uh, that's massive. I mean, you're just giving up way too many big plays. That's 121st in the country out of 128 teams. I think overs with this team make a lot of sense. So um, trust me, I do take quite a few unders. I know we've talked about overs, but I like unders in general, and we'll have some teams that I like unders with. Auburn that we talked about today, I think, is a good under team. Uh, but North Carolina, I think, is going to have some very high-scoring games. They they don't push the tempo too much, but they have such an explosive offense, and their defense is so weak. You know, maybe you think that their defensive line will be quite a bit better than last year. They have recruited fairly well there. Um, don't know that I trust their defense to be good enough to to want to take plus four thousand. So I'm out on this one. Parker, you got thoughts on on Mac Brown's bunch? This one is at least interesting to me. Um, and so that's I put it on this list uh, as as one that I think is is really, really interesting. So one, it is fun, like uh, North Carolina's combination of offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator is hilarious. Like Kyle mentions the pace. These two gentlemen have no business running running a team together uh, and and Phil Longmo and 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 Bateman. like, <laughs> hilarious just mix match of pace and it catches up with them like florida state last year they really lost that game because the end of the half they scored with you know about a minute left 
And then they let Florida State score again and then, you know, just kind of traded blows in the second half, tried to come back. And they really just dug too deep of a hole because of some oddities there at halftime. And 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 so I think some of that clunkiness will probably get resolved this year. This bet right here is, do you think Sam Howell is the number one pick in the NFL draft next year? Do you think that they can, you know, uh, capitalize where they couldn't last year on a Notre Dame team that was that was missing a lineman on um uh, you know, beat, beat teams like they should, like Virginia, where they just kind of fooled around and again, traded blows and then couldn't make that last strike. So this one's interesting. Their schedule lines up kind of nicely. Um, they don't play Clemson until the national championship, so they don't have to beat them twice. Their their non-conference is, um, you know, no, you have Notre Dame uh, and, and, and just kind of a very easy non-conference schedule there. I, I actually think they're scheduled to play one fewer game, which is odd. Um, cause they don't have an FCS team on their schedule, but, um, no, I'm looking at this. They're playing Duke in the non-conference this year or something weird. That's Maybe right. Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a weird non-conference game. That was so it's, it's Wake Forest. It's Wake Forest. Um, yeah. so yeah, that, that's, that's odd, but I think the schedule will be good enough. I think they can beat Notre Dame. Who's going to be down. I think they can beat Miami. They, they stopped Miami last year. And so again, you talk about that probability, high offensive upside, one game against Clemson gets you into the playoff. Anything can happen. So I like this at 4,000. It's a long shot bet. please don't bet your mortgage on this, but you know, it's interesting to, to think about in kind of a, in a rare event sense of if Sam Howell takes this development step, if they figure out some of the pacing clunkiness that they dealt with last year, really it comes down to can they can they win that ACC championship game? And it's it's possible. And Bateman, of course, the defense coordinator that came over from Army, where he was used to only having to defend for about 20 minutes a game. And Phil Longo was at, at Ole Miss. And before that, what, Stephen F. Austin, if I'm not mistaken. And he just let it fly all over the yard. So he was only having to play offense for about 25 minutes a game because the pace of play for those two, you're right, completely different. And yet yep. they have somehow been able to make it work at least a little bit. We know, you know, Kyle gave us the numbers about how bad the defense was. There's a lot of hype about that defensive line this year and and about how they're, you know, they, they got a ton of talent in the secondary. It's, it's a long shot for sure, but – Every now and then something like that happens. Uh, they, they have boosted up the talent on that team. So at plus 4,000, okay, it's worth taking a flyer on. May as I, well, I feel right? more comfortable with them at plus 4,000 than I basically would any Pac-12 team is where yeah. I'm. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. All you got to do is beat Clemson to get to the national championship game or to the national uh, – uh, to the playoffs. Yes. There we go. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Let's get into the recap, and we will go back through the SEC here. We're going to talk Georgia first. Uh, I have got them over 10 and a half, and I like them to win the SEC at plus 180. Uh, Kyle talked about Auburn under seven. I talked about Arkansas, and I had them under five and a half. At four and a half, I think that's probably a stay away. Uh, so we'll we'll toss on that one. Parker likes Ole Miss over seven and a half. He likes Kentucky over seven. And Parker is going to take Texas A&M over nine and a half. He's very positive today. Uh, we'll start off with you, Kyle. Uh, you got any favorites out of this uh, out of this slate? Yeah, I like two of these quite a bit. I like Auburn under and Ole Miss over. Those are my two favorite out of these. So uh, glass half empty, glass half full there. All right, Parker, what about you? Yeah, I think I think Ole Miss and, and, and Kentucky are just, one, very fun bets in very different ways. So, Gary, Kentucky is going to be your heart and soul this year. They are going to be playing. Look, they're going to be running the ball. And not in the same sad way that Auburn's going to be running the ball. It's going to be, you know, they're going to win games. Um, and so that, that'll be a lot of fun. And then Ole Miss was one of the most entertaining teams to watch on offense last year. Um, Matt Corral, really, really special. Uh, I do think there's a possibility that Matt Corral ends the season being more favorably viewed than Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell. Not projecting it, just saying worth keeping an eye on. And you look at seven wins in that schedule and that offensive upside. Plus, Lane Kiffin lost 30 pounds, guys. He's feeling yes. good. He's, he's ready yes. to win some games, do some interviews. He jumped on uh, Good Morning America and was talking about losing 30 pounds and, and getting healthy, and he's getting his team to do it as well. So we we shall see. I mean, maybe, maybe we've got Lane for Coach of the Year this year. We'll figure that out. Moving to the national championship. I love Oklahoma plus 700. Kyle, let's go back to you. Who's your Who's your favorite here? Yeah, Oklahoma's mine. So I'm going to tag along with you there. Oklahoma is my favorite. I took Texas A&M. I don't like it as much as Oklahoma, but that's my flyer. All right, Parker, 
What about you? You you doing the same thing with the yeah? I did, I, I did Oklahoma too, just because. But um, which is boring. I don't really like to play the national championship game. It just makes me nervous to pick. You know, if there's so many moving wheels. I think I can get a lot more value kind of week to week and and playing conferences and stuff. So uh, I did Oklahoma just because. Again, this is this is the year. Um, I think that they've been able to compete the last couple of years in context, you know, a third down drop against Kansas State, uh, uh, a bad defensive play against Iowa State, put them out of it. This year, I do think that they will be there and 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 ready to beat somebody in the playoff. Yeah, plus 700, I feel, is the best value on the board right this second. Uh, but obviously, we can continue to watch these futures. Gentlemen, this is the last week before we have live action. So I am excited. We're going to have more shows next week gearing up for week zero. Go ahead and let you guys know. We appreciate you for tuning into the BetUS College Football Show. Do not forget, you can use this promo code NCAAF2021. You get 125% deposit bonus. That is sportsbook exclusive. That means it's up to $2,500. You put in $2,500, you're getting even more than that on the back end to bet on sports. It doesn't get any better than that. There's a link down in the description. Go ahead and check that out. If you would, so kindly remind you again, subscribe to the channel. We need you guys here. We're going to be going live on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So go ahead, tell your friends, share the show out, all that good stuff. Click the like button. It's a little thumbs up button. Looks just like that. Click that like button. Click the notification bell. And that's going to let you know when we go live. So that is the biggest thing that we need you to do. And, of course, as always, jump in the comments. Let us know your thoughts, what you think about the show, what you think about our picks, and, and give us some of your picks. We would love to hear it. I think that is going to wrap it up, guys. We are going to go ahead and get out of here. So for BetUS, where the game begins, we appreciate it, and we'll see you again next week.